And we're back here on Unusual Sources, 93.3 CFMU-FM, broadcasting to Hamilton at 93.3 on the FM dial, and also the rest of the world, wherever you are, wherever there's internet, at cfmu.ca. That's our new revamped site with blogs, photos, videos, and everything. So check it out, and you can find us at Unusual Sources. Uh, Before we start our interview today, there is some exciting news. Uh, Here in Hamilton, uh, there is going to be the second film showing for the Hamilton Palestine Film Festival. That is going to be happening on Tuesday, November 6th at McMaster. The film is called Flying Paper, Flying Paper, and uh, it's going to be at 6 o'clock p.m., and tickets are $5 in advance. You'll be able to find more information at the Jewish Liberation Theology Institute at J-E-L-I-T-H-I-N.ca or check Hamilton Coalition to Stop the War website in a few days. But I'm telling you this because we're doing a giveaway, and the first two people that contact us at unusualsources at gmail.com will get a ticket for this film. It's normally $5 in advance or $8 at the door, but you can get the ticket for free. Uh, the first two people to contact us at unusualsources at gmail.com. So do do that. It's going to be November 6th. Anyway, you'll hear more about that later. We're very excited right now because there's two things going on. There is the Independent Jewish Voices 10th Anniversary Conference happening in Toronto. And also we have joining us today two people who are involved in Independent Jewish Voices making this all happen, uh, Corey Balsam and Jean-Viev Nevin. And They are with us today. So both of you, thanks so much for being on the program with us today. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Absolutely. As I was saying just before the interview, it's a day of firsts for us here at the studio. I've never done uh, a telephone call on a conference call to two other guests, but your role in the organization is so dynamic and uh, you're getting a lot of attention. It was great to accommodate both of you on the program. Uh, People really are curious and they want to follow what's going on. As I say, there's been a lot of dynamism these days in independent Jewish voices, a lot of energy from new people joining the organization, and that applies to you as well. So I'm wondering if both of you can tell us, how did you come to be involved in independent Jewish voices? I can start first because I, it, it goes back farther, I suppose. Um, so <laughs> I am a, a founding member. So I was there at the, uh, at the 2008 conference in uh, in Toronto, which brought together at the beginning something like 20 small uh, Jewish, you know, anti-occupation Palestine solidarity groups um, to form this one organization. Um, and I mean, I had just pretty much crossed the divide. I grew up um, very much in, in kind of the, the, the Jewish mainstream community, you know, went to Hebrew school and all that. And um, I decided for other reasons to to study, you know, to take a human rights program at, at Carleton University and had managed to kind of ignore it for, for a while. But but uh, it just came to a point where, where I, I couldn't stay silent. Basically, I, I had gone on a on a trip to Israel and seen for myself a little bit of what was going on, um, but had realized um, quite quickly that that there was a lot that I wasn't shown or wasn't supposed to see. So, um, so yeah, that, that's, you know, um, how I got involved, uh, about 10 years ago and since, um, have spent quite a lot of time, uh, in Palestine. I lived in, in the West bank for, for almost four years 
uh, working on on different projects, uh, working at a university there with uh, Oxfam. And uh, I'm now back and working full time as the national coordinator for IJV Canada. Yeah, it sounds like you bring a lot to the table. Uh, The time you've spent abroad learning and personally experiencing that issue must be very significant. What about you, Jean-Viev? Also, we've been hearing about you. Are, are you a more recent entrant to IJV? Yeah, so I got involved with um, IJV as an organization um, a little over a year ago now. Um, I kind of come from a different background than Corey in that I kind of, um, my family has never, I didn't grow up uh, particularly um, immersed in Zionism or really with a, like an understanding of, of Jewish life that was connected specifically to Israel. So for me, um, IJV was really the first space that I really found um, that it was possible to be both uh, Jewish and anti-Zionist. And as a result, I was really attracted to the organization because these types of spaces that for people who kind of grow up a certain way and, and often um, as a result of the, the conflations of Judaism and Zionism, either hide that part of their identity or kind of self self just kind of divorce that themselves from that their, their part of, the, of their identity because it's so kind of intertwined with Zionism. So for me, um, joining IJV was really an opportunity to explore what it meant to be Jewish in, in, in an alternative space that wasn't rooted in Zionism. Yes, I see commonality between these two stories. And I, I guess one of the words that comes up is alternative. Um, you know, for the longest time, certainly when I was growing up, there was only one way for Jewish youth to grow up in the Jewish community, and that was through the establishment institutions, which were and today are increasingly overwhelmingly pro-Israel, pro-occupation in that sense. And there was no other way to have a Jewish identity, at least not one that would be apparent growing up in Toronto or Hamilton something like that. So what we're seeing is there is a a need and a growing need to create an alternative for Jewish youth. And you see that happening in the United States with various organizations and the United Kingdom, that more and more young people do not feel represented by these pro-Israel organs. So for you, it's, it's a personal journey, but it's also something you're trying to help other people with. So with IJV and through IJV, what what do you think it means to create an alternative organization, an alternative perception for Jewish youth? I think it's so important because for me personally, like, and for a lot of a lot of other younger folks that I do know, is they kind of gave up on on being Jewish or, or didn't know what that really meant in a way that wasn't you know inherently tied to Israel. So, so. IJV is so important as an organization in that for many people who are kind of beginning to question what they've been brought up to believe in about about Zionism and about Israel and what, what it means to be Jewish, a lot of times they feel like they have no place to really turn to or just have to kind of stop being Jewish because it's kind of, it's been, it's, for them, it's been so, so connected to being, you know, supportive of Israel. So, these types of spaces really thrive um, as alternative, as you were saying before, but as, as ways for people to kind of explore that that part of their identity without kind of like with very, very much, you know, having creating like Jewish communities that are rooted in the concepts of social justice and, and repairing the world and, and, and bringing peace and justice for everyone and not just, you know, just just really rooted in the concepts of Zionism and settler colonialism. 
Certainly. And there's an increasing awareness of the importance of this, even in Hamilton with the Jewish Liberation Theology Institute. Uh, we've spoken with Robert Ruth. We've spoken with David Mivisser and others who are involved in this very project of healing the world and trying to restore this soul that used to exist within mainstream Judaism. Um, now, Corey, you know, it's good to hear about all of this, but there's obviously a lot of organizing work that has to be done uh, on the ground. And in that sense, we have this 10th anniversary of Independent Jewish Voices. Before we say anything about that, uh, for our listeners, would you be able to elaborate a bit on what this conference is this weekend, what is going to be happening there? Absolutely. Um, just before I do that, though, I, I just want to add uh, something with respect to, to creating these alternative communities, and especially amongst, uh, amongst youth. Um, I agree. You know, I, I didn't have that either as, a, you know, as, as, as a space when I, when I grew up, of course. Um, and I, I just wanted to point out that, that it, it's significant that this year, going into this uh, school year, uh, we have now eight um, IJV clubs on campus, uh, on campuses across Canada. Uh, last year, we had two, kind of two and a half, um, you know, so, so I think really we're, you know, we've really been putting effort into to actively working to create those spaces and having, you know, you're very privileged in Hamilton to now have uh, two rabbis, you know, both of whom are, who are active in, in IJV um, to to really, um, you know, help create those spaces and, and, you know, practice, you know, have these Jewish ritual practices that uh, are, you know, kind of inspired by Jewish tradition to, to express solidarity with, with Palestinians and others. So um, I definitely see that as something that we're really working on that's really uh, helping to also create uh, more sense of sort of community um, amongst uh, Jews like us uh, across the country. Um, so, so yeah, with respect to the conference, this conference, I think I'm very excited about it. Um, we've been planning it for some time. The, um, so it's taking place downtown Toronto at Beverly Halls, uh, uh, which is the Polish combatants hall. It's called, um, no relation with, with sort of that history. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, a hall downtown, um, that we were able to secure, which is, which is, which is a really great space. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the idea is really to, to celebrate 10 years of IJV. Um, we have, uh, three, uh, three panels, uh, one Friday night and two on Saturday. And we have about eight workshops. Um, I think anyone involved in, in this issue in any way would find all of this very, very engaging. Uh, the first night we have, I'm speaking on the, on the panel along with, um, the executive director of Jewish Voice for Peace, uh, someone from the radical Jewish group in the UK, Judith, who's coming uh, to be on that panel. And the idea there is to, to really talk about the sort of shifts that are happening in our in our respective countries uh, amongst Jews, and and to talk about the the role that each of our respective organizations sort of play in that, in kind of pushing that shift and, and creating these alternative uh, Jewish um, spaces and, and, and uniting sort of alternative Jewish voices. 
Yeah. I, um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, yes, with with regard to what's happening in the United Kingdom in particular with the Corbyn campaign and this this whole media barrage against him, it will be extremely helpful to have sort of a rethinking and reassessment within the Jewish community over, you know, how how they want to look at the issue of anti-Semitism and how they want to be able to support politicians that are engaged in Palestine solidarity. So they have they have some big questions over there and it might be it might be addressed at the conference. Certainly it'll be very interesting to hear from from this group uh, at the conference this weekend. Exactly. And uh, actually this group if if the listeners aren't familiar, uh it they got international news uh, when they invited uh, Jeremy Corbyn actually to a Passover Seder, and there was a there was a right wing spy there that released uh, some uh, some details about the conference or about the about the Passover <laughs> Seder. And, uh, I mean, Judas is very um, is, is they're very funny. They're very satirical in their approach. Well, and, they'd have to uh, be for an organization called Judas, right? That's what, that's J-E-W-D-A-S. I think that's the acronym. Exactly. No, it's what, yeah. their, so what off their Twitter of, is as well. Their Twitter is lovely. Yeah. So playing off of Judas, of course. Uh, so uh, J-U-D-A-S. Um, so, um, so yeah, we're very excited to have uh, them here. We, you know, and, and, and of course we all have, um, you know, we all face similar challenges in our in our societies, uh, not least, of course, the the campaigns to um, to pass this new definition of anti-Semitism, which uh, basically considers anti-Zionism um, to be anti-Semitism. And you know, um, JVP, so Jewish Voice for Peace in the U- in the U.S. Uh, recent, recently launched a. Uh, a open letter, which now 40 plus organizations around the world, uh, Jewish organizations around the world signed on to, you know, IJV was a part of that as well, uh, really opposing that approach. Um, so it'll be good to, to talk about that and to share kind of experiences and, and think of, of, of ways to, to challenge that collectively. Yeah, you know, all this whole discussion brings me to something I've been wondering about and uh... IJV, you guys have been in the news a lot recently. You know, as I said, activity has really picked up thanks to the activity of you two and others and many others. And so there was that NDP policy convention not too long ago, something we covered on this program fairly extensively. As uh, well, Let's face it, my co-host was there, um, and one of our friends from Hamilton and Labor was there, Henry, you've met him. And so uh, we followed what went on there, and I know Doug and Henry put in a lot of work to try to get those that resolution pushed up to the front and talked about seriously. Obviously, you encountered many difficulties, which we've addressed somewhat. People are somewhat familiar with already. I'm wondering, Jean-Viev, you were there. Uh, Corey, were you there as well? No, I wasn't there. Okay. Jean-Viev can speak to that. Okay, because what, what I want to learn about is, I guess in the case of Jean-Viev, what, uh, what were you trying to accomplish there in terms of the presence at the NDP convention, what was the goal and how do you feel about the results of the convention? Yeah, for sure. So myself, um, along with uh, organizers, um, Sam Hirsch from Ottawa and Omar Bergen from Ottawa and Yezin Kader from uh, Halifax, we were, we were kind of the four, one of, there was many people working on the, organ, uh, on the, the development of this resolution and, and we were really successful in um, and, you know, having it signed by over 28 riding associations and having it passed, you know, unanimously at the youth convention. So our um, goal with this 
with this piece of policy, which essentially would have seen the NDP uh, to refuse to, um, you know, like as, as their, the policy of the party would be to ban um, settlement product, products from the illegal settlements, um, uh, among other among other other clauses. Uh, but so. So what we were really successful with this resolution is because it, it ultimately didn't pass. We lost the vote by, by something like 11 votes. But what we were able to do is really kind of sh um, organize some of the, the, the largest mass mobilization in support of Palestinian rights in the history of the NDP party and show the party that this is something that um, is something that we really do need to talk about um, in a really frank and open way and that there is a lot of support for these types uh, of, of policies. Something like 92%, I believe, of NDP supporters uh, or, uh, believe that, it, that it's right to boycott products from the illegal uh, you know, settlements. So this is not something that is uh, particularly revolutionary. This is something that the membership is really calling for. So um, what we were really hoping to do with this is, is encourage people to, to organize and, and be inclusive and create soft um, allies in these types of policies to really push the party on this issue where we, where we can see that there's been some as kind of a systemic shift within the party to kind of recognize that this is something we need to be talking about, but also to really push them and hold them to accountable to do a lot, a lot more. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, there was a big battle on the convention floor. Um, I saw the videos. I discuss them on other programs. The, there are obviously many delegates who are enthusiastic about the, this, this policy and this resolution. And, you know, as they're all lined up, dozens of people all, all in a big line holding up signs. There was all sorts of chatter at the conference. The, the membership, there's a lot of the membership is enthused about this. And it's, you know, it's long past due for the NDP, for, for social democracy, for unions in Canada to reflect the views of membership on this mm -hmm. issue. Yeah, I guess this will be an ongoing issue, of course, and it's an ongoing yeah, issue. Yeah, sure. Yeah, here in Quebec, in in the UK, and so on. Uh, so we'll definitely be hearing more about that as time goes on. Um, and ultimately, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Independent Jewish Voices. And you know, in 10 years, there's been the creation of an organization that can speak outside of establishment channels, um, engage in campaigns like the one against the JNF, uh, things like that, able to host events and coordinate people. So um, there's been all these developments since it was founded. In terms of the future and what you're working on now, where do you hope to see independent Jewish voices 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I agree that, that we've definitely come a long way um, in 10 years, for sure, and really have created this, uh, this strong organization, uh, which I think we can all be very proud of. Um, I, uh, you know, I see us, I mean, we're really taking the time this year to uh, kind of adapt, actually, the way the organization functions to, um, to the size of it of it now because I don't, you know, I don't think we had, we'd really caught up. Um, so really just trying to, um, you know, work on professionalizing our communications and kind of bringing, bringing more folks into the kind of, uh, national organizing that have different skills and different, uh, um, you know, different viewpoints and perspectives that, uh, that can really, kind of enrich in the organization. Um, and I think we're really lucky to have a very close relationship with Jewish Voice for Peace in the U.S., um, which, of course, is is much bigger. They now have, you know, 30-something staff people and, uh, you know, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 
chapters uh, across the U.S. Of course, you know we 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 can't um, we'll never be that big because the U.S. is of course much bigger. But I think uh, um, they've really shown us that it's possible. Apparently, JVP is also the fastest growing Jewish organization in in, in the U.S., which is which is not surprising. And I think uh, you know we. We're, we're getting there as well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, just kind of increasing our, pass- our capacity to be able to actually, uh, you know, do real lobbying work um, to create, you know, the strong communities. We have chapters across the countries, uh, country, um, so we have those bases there. But, you know, we really want to focus on, um, you know, building capacity at the local level, uh, at, um, you know, creating these communities so that, um, you know, we can really have um, pressure in a way and, and also, um, you know, kind of spaces open for, for, for Jews across the country, whether it's as a kind of national voice um, or it's, you know, dealing with more local issues or campus issues. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, I just see us, growing we've we've just this past year you know we've been growing a lot i think with every new settlement and every you know round of protesters killed in gaza we get we get more and more members more and more support um we're we're really also working um on getting more support from unions which has really been actually successful in the last uh, little while um i think there's a lot of interest there in, in collaborating more so um I think so. Labor and progressive Jewish voices should be working together. In fact, that's how this program, Unusual Sources, was created. So we're very happy to hear about that. And as the organization unfolds, I think it becomes more clear what you want to do and what needs to be done. So that's good, too. Now, I guess as we close out, uh, people might be interested in the conference, the convention, uh, is it open to non-Jewish people as well? I mean, like, let's say you're a Jewish person, not Jewish person, you want to get involved, you just heard about this, and is it too late, or can people go to the conference this weekend and still sign up for it? Absolutely. Um, so we still do have uh, some some room left, uh, not too much, so so don't wait long if you want to register. But um, the so the Friday night and Saturday all day, Saturday, so Friday evening, it starts at uh, around 6.30, and then we have a klezmer band afterwards to celebrate um, on the Friday evening. And then Saturday, it's, it's uh, about 9 to 5 or so. Um, and those two days are open to the public, and uh, the Sunday is for members only, so you would have had to uh, have joined um, as of October 1st to be able to participate in that. Uh, but, you know... Folks are, are are welcome, if not to to join Friday and Saturday, and uh, and yeah, it's you, know, you can you're, whether you're Jewish or not, you're you're more than welcome. Um, you know, you can be a, a so members of IJV are all Jewish, and then we also have uh, supporters who can participate who participate with us um, and and support in different ways. Yeah, I guess it would be termed allies in the current parlance. Uh, <laughs> so there you are. Okay, well, uh, thanks so much for, I know you're busy with the organizing and all this, so we won't keep you, but uh, we very much appreciate this. We'll uh, give out a web link when we put this online as to where people can find the conference, where people can find independent Jewish voices. So uh, we really appreciate this. Uh, Both of you, thanks so much for being on the program with us. Thank you so much for having us. 